You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by BRV Studios, this is Have You Heard, our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about the Florida woman who shot her ex-husband in the balls over an air conditioning unit? What about the vicious fight to the death between a Georgia woman and a rabies-infested bobcat? Or the story about a very unique barbecue hosted by convicted murderers in your neighborhood? We cover these stories and a whole lot more. Here is episode 48 from the Big Red Van. All right, brother, here we are, episode 48, H-Y-H, two-man van tonight. Uh, This is going to be exciting. It's been a while since we've gotten back together. We've had some vacations that we've had. We've had some trips out of town that have taken us away from the studio, but we're back. Fresh off of a trip where I got to see my parents in Minnesota, and I got to go fishing with my dad. On Father's Day, right? On Father's Day. Well, we didn't get to get to go fishing on on father's day because oh. of the weather and all that but it was father's day weekend so good we enough. got we, it was good enough i haven't seen my dad on father's day and man it's been 15 years probably so it, it was really good to see him but we went fishing and first cast of the day hauled in a 16 inch northern nice yeah and i i haven't gone fishing with my dad in years let alone beaten my dad in fishing mm-hmm. and i smoked him it nice. was it was great and like i said first cast of the day and then maybe like fifth cast before you knew it i'd caught three fish before they could even you know have a drink of something Slaying so them. it was fun and then uh my niece madeline was out there with us uh, she ended up catching four my dad caught five and i caught seven and we were out there for like three hours, so nice. it was a fun, uh, fun little trip up there in Minnesota, a lake called Sturgeon Lake. Sturgeon, Sturgeon, and that's, we were catching northern pike out of Sturgeon Lake. That was that's one of my favorite Primus lyrics. The song "Fish On." He says he he called a ninety pound sturgeon on twenty pound test. Hmm. <laughs> Shit up there, man. That that's we were looking to get a big northern, like something to. Oh yeah, be, be testing us because apparently that lake has some big ones. But we were looking for bass. I caught six northern and one bass. That's what we were hunting. But he caught a pretty big bass. It was nice. So hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my dad uh, for going fishing with him on Father's Day. Happy late Father's Day to all the uh, dads out there. Oh so, yeah. Before we go any further, we have a poll that we need to update. Nice. So uh, we talked about it. We've talked about Netflix at nauseum on the, on this show about how awesome netflix is and the great things that they do but we've also talked about how much of a star wars person you are and how uh awesome disney is Mm -hmm. so we threw out a poll on twitter if you had to choose one for the rest of your life netflix or disney where are you going and where'd you go Oh, I said uh, Disney. Because, you went Disney. Because of their acquisition of Star Wars. So, I yeah. can't not go with seeing a Star Wars movie every So, day. you're the Star Wars person yeah. that's just like, that's the one thing that doesn't matter what Netflix does. They don't have that. So, a lot of people were the other side with Netflix. We got 61 votes on the poll, and it was very close. It was 51% Netflix. Mm. I mean, I get it. I mean, if you, you know, see, I just had to draw the hard line. 
you know, the hard line because of Star Wars. But if I had to pick it based upon, like, the majority of content that I would watch regularly, I mean, that would be Netflix. Would the future of the possibility of programming have anything to do with your choice? Not necessarily the past of what they already uh, have? That's It's just hard to know, you know? But, yeah, I mean, Netflix, I know they want to be like Disney, you know, in the sense of own... Are you ever going to learn anything watching Disney shows? Learn? Yeah, learn. Like you could with the Netflix documentaries and, like, things like that. Maybe Disney gets in that game. I guess that's fair. You know, they already own ABC and stuff like that, so, like... I guess they already are kind of into that game. See, a lot of people, and I think I'm guilty of this too, I think when I hear Disney, sometimes I automatically just think Disney alone. You know, I don't think of everything that Disney owns. ESPN, like you said, ABC, all that other, the Disney properties that they have that... Yeah, technically Disney owns 30 for 30s. If you want to, you know, get technical. That's what I mean. Like, I kind of just forget about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was a close poll. It was very interesting discussion that we've had with, we had with some people on Twitter and that we've had with some people live. So if you're interested in that and you didn't vote on the poll, uh, hit us up on our email or on Twitter or on our Instagram so that way we can talk about it. Netflix isn't going anywhere and Disney is launching its stuff very soon uh, to make you pay for its stuff exclusively. But uh, fun topic to talk about. We've got other things to talk about. Are you ready? I've got my list over here. Yes. Everybody, have you heard... So this 32-year-old lady, she visited a, a little town outside of Moscow, and when she got home, she had a surprising little stowaway in her face. In the face! And it was a squirmy one. So after returning home from her trip, she noticed a weird little lump on her cheek just below her left eye, and then five days later it was gone. But then all of a sudden another bump popped up just above her left eye, and then... Ten days after that, that lump disappeared, and then all of a sudden there's another one on her upper lip. And all every time it pops up, it's all swollen and hurts and burns and itches. Gross. And so she tracked the progress of what was going on by taking, like, selfies of it. Um, so, well, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in order to, when she goes to the doctor, she can, she can show him, him or her what it looks like. Yeah. See, Doc, it was here, and then it moved to here. And but then, but moved to here. But other than the swelling and the little bit of burning or itchingness that it would they would come up with, there was no other symptoms. They didn't get worse. It would come and go. But whenever the doctors finally determined what was what it was, it basically looked like a wart that would wander around. Is how they described it. Kind of like the guy on uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes, exact blinking. <laughs> oh no, not blinking. It's Prince John. I have a mole. <laughs> I didn't know you had that one on there. Yeah, Prince John, it's always in a different spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they call it a, uh, a it looked like a wandering wart. Um, <laughs> but it's classified as a marauder. I never thought that button would be more perfect. He <laughs> said wandering wart. But they're also considered in the class of animals as a marauding parasite. And they're transmitted by mosquito bites. So, uh, so is it above the skin, under the skin? Under the skin. Um, so they get it out by using forceps. So basically just like wherever its little head is. They just grab it with tweezers and yank it? Yeah, they literally just like give you a slight little cut on the surface of your skin and reach in and grab the little sucker. Oh my God. And pull it out. That shit is gross! 
and they're typically about seven inches long and oh. they can uh, that's well i mean that's the up two. so you know that doesn't mean everyone you're going to pull out of your face is seven inches long but they can be up to seven inches long and live in you for about 10 years yeah. holy god yeah the type of worm it's called is a adirophilaria repens repens however you want to say that okay but uh, they're basically a, they're primarily prey on dogs is what they're normally found in and they come from like europe asia and africa and but they're not found here in the u.s however their close cousin which is like the heartworm sure. uh, for dogs here in america basically a super close relative but not the same thing this is a face worm for humans this is a, well it's like a worm that doesn't typically infect humans I guess basically it runs its evolutionary life cycle better in a dog, and so they don't even want to inject themselves into a human. It's just by chance you got one in you from a mosquito. I guess is the is what they were meaning by that. But God. point is, is they're not super dangerous. They're just gross. You know, like if you had one, you know, it could just live in you for ten years and eventually die, and then it's over. Parasitic you know? worms are just terrifying. <laughs> or they can keep trying to breach the surface on your face. <laughs> yeah, and you just grab them with some tweezers and, and yank them out. Yank them out. Ugh. But they, you know, they they get transmitted from the mosquito because the life cycle in the dog is that it's in their bloodstream. Their larvae literally are floating around just like your red blood cells flowing through your veins, except there's larvae in there. And then whenever a mosquito gets the dog. It pulls the blood into its gut with larvae attached to it. And then whenever that mosquito happens to land on you, it could still have a larva in its mouth and inject a larva into you. So, like, we've talked about before all of the bacteria that are living in us right now. It's like the same thing that this thing is living in a dog. Mm -hmm. And then when the mosquito gets it out of the dog, then it becomes uh, fertilized, so to speak, to be spread to wherever Mm -hmm. the mosquito bites. Yeah. Basically, you know, if there's still a, you know, like the little tube mouth of the mosquito, there could still be a larva in its mouth when it bites you, and then that larva just gets under your skin somehow, and then Mm -hmm. wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you got a seven-inch worm in your face. (sighs) But, of course, they come out easy, and there's no permanent damage or lasting problems, but they're also not found in the United States. This was in Russia, it was where she got this worm. Of course it was. Oh, I forgot to include this. The word that they call the little wart when it starts to come out of your face is a creeping eruption. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. When I, when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, that's a good word. Right <laughs> oh, there. yeah. That's a very good identifier <laughs> that's right there. That's a good there. word. So, I like wandering wart myself. A little bit more horrifying uh, addition to the story before I end it is um, just like they can crawl into your face, they can also squirm into other organs of your body, such as your lungs, your breasts, your balls i can feel it all the way down in my plums and your eyes so just depending on where they want to embed themselves in you they can do exactly what happened to that girl's face but it could be on your wing wing (laughs) everybody have you heard so the crazy dark world that is wall street trading has always fascinated but also confused the hell out of me at the same time so much money changing hands so quickly it almost doesn't make sense to me that it's real money have you ever really thought about wall Wall street money yes Yeah, yeah It's like the same thought of when you have money in your bank account and you never get any cash out. It's just like numbers on a screen. Yes. 
Like, can't you just add a zero to that for me, bank? You know what I mean? Just nobody will know. Who, who's it going to affect in yeah. the grand scheme of things? Well, hundreds of millions of dollars are floated around daily by traders as if they were just going out for a cup of coffee. So listen here to the story of a French day trader named Hirona Traore. Spell that one. T-R-A-O-R-E. If one of y'all says some silly ass name. Who knows? Let's go. Trahore. Who, uh, he used a demo version of this brokerage's trading platform to do something amazing. So he was recently hired at Valberry Capital and was training on this software to become more familiar with the basics of trading before eventually getting the courage to open up a live account with 20,000 pounds available for quote unquote the real thing. Shortly after opening the live account, he was doing his usual practice trading at home on what he assumed was still the demo version, placing massive $1 billion trades on European and U.S. equity futures stocks um, before realizing that he was doing it for real life and then run up a $1 million loss. Loser! You're a loser! Oh. So if the story ended here, it wouldn't be the first time of an amateur trader trying to get his big boy practice in the training module by making ridiculous, you know, billion-dollar trades that they would never make in real life. It's probably fun to do it. Of course. Think about on a simulator where you're doing these things. Of course, you're going to try to land the plane, you know, (laughs) sideways or in high winds and all this stuff. You're going to try to do that stuff in a simulator. Oh, yeah. Going in for a water landing. (laughs) Exactly. So we're going to sully. Just just like this. I'm sure that these people do the same thing on Wall Street. But the story doesn't end there. Noticing that he had a $1 million loss, he knew he couldn't stop there because he found out that it was live. He said, all I could think about was my family, and I was so stressed. So he kept trading, and kept trading, and kept trading, until he had dug himself completely out of the hole and built up a $5 billion position on those future stocks, turning the original loss into a profit of more than $10 million. You like that? You like that? Can you imagine that kind of roller coaster? Get out now. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? That type of lifestyle, where it's that liquid... The the amount of people's lives that are just handed around by these men, I know. women that work at Wall Street. So he calms down, changes his pants, and then calls his boss and says, uh, I did a thing. <laughs> and to which they take a position of totally against him and claim he breached his contract. Well, like his contract being like he can't trade... Apparently, all these traders, they have their contract workers. It's not just like me hiring you. They have a contract for what their job is to do. So, um, breached his contract. Future positions, as they were announced, were void and canceled. And these funds were just absorbed by the firm. $10 million, just he had to forfeit. Hmm. I wonder if they would have reacted this way if it was a $10 million loss. You think they would have just said, no, you're fired and we'll just absorb that $10 million loss? I don't know. They probably are used to losing $10 million every now and again. Yeah, but $10 million doesn't just go unaccounted for. and They don't take somebody's head for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know this guy's suing him for his money. So he's coming after him saying that, you know, what's his is his. um, And he made that money. Yeah. So apparently this guy led on that he was a rookie trader in his uh, resume, in his hiring process, and uh, Valberry is claiming that he had years of experience talking about how he had other jobs doing this, and he was very experienced, and he knew what he was doing, and he was taking advantage of us, and this and that. So they're trying to hang on to the money. He's trying to get the money. Uh, I thought it was an interesting story about how this guy's like... It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. What if he was doing it on accident, and it was just a rookie mistake? But then again, what if he was doing it on purpose and he was just making big bets and was going to play dumb if he lost the money Hmm, that that's a good counter story right there yeah 
That's what a good, high-paying corporate lawyer will get you. Right? I mean, you can always play stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't even imagine that world. I used to think one day that I wanted to be in New York City. I, when I was in high school, there was a part of me that I thought that I wanted to grow up there and I wanted to Mm-mm. be in the hustle and bustle and Negative. the concrete jungle that I had to be there. It was just in the middle of all that madness that I thought that that was me. Mm-hmm. That is so far from what I want. Keep me in the woods. Yeah, I know, right? Keep me away from all that. All right, so you ready to take a break for a second? Yeah, sure. All right, man, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll do a couple more. Hey, how's it going, Big Red Van listeners? Uh, my name is Reese Kitts. I'm Garrett Faust. And uh, we're, we're a part of a little podcast called Decent at Best. And what Decent at Best is, is we're a podcast where we ask you guys to send us in questions at our at our email called uh, decentatbestshow at gmail.com. And whatever question you want to ask, you send it in to us, and we'll answer it live on air. And we will answer them with answers that aren't great. We don't promise they'll be good. They probably won't be bad. They'll probably be around Decent at Best. Decent at Best pretty much sums up our show. We don't Google anything. Everything is all off the top. Off the, off the top of our head. So everything we answer is going to be completely first first impression, word association. So tune in to, the, to our episodes, and we appreciate it. See you guys there. Thank you. Everybody, have you heard? So this lady in Georgia suffered um, severe bites and scratches after a rabies-infected rabid bobcat attacked her outside of her house. A bobcat? Yeah, you know what a bobcat is. Of course I know what a bobcat is. Yeah. Okay. Like the extra little, what looks like a goatee on the tops of his ears. Yeah, that's like, yeah, like a lynx. Yeah. So her name is Dee Dee Phillips, and she says that the reason she is still alive today is that she just simply refused to die after being attacked by this bobcat. Not up in here! So... Miss Phillips says she walked outside of her house, uh, which was in Hart County, Georgia, and she saw the bobcat underneath her SUV out in the driveway. Okay? So she's like, look at that little son of a bitch, you know? Look at and uh, so she was actually really intrigued because, you know, they're really pretty and they're usually very elusive. So what do you think she did? She went up and tried to pet it. No, she busted out that cell phone and was like, okay, leaning down to get a picture of this thing. Even under, better. Underneath her car. Okay. At that point, the bobcat took two quick steps forward and leaped at Miss Phillips. Oh, yeah. The animal was 40 pounds. Um, It jumped five feet in the air and hit her in the chest and started to just maul at her. I believe it. Knocked her back, too. Yeah. Knocked her over. Clawing, biting her face, arms, chest, and she, of course, frantically is trying to protect herself. And so during the scuffle, though, this is... is, uh, You'll come to find here in a second that Miss Dee Dee is a badass. Yeah. Okay. So during this scuffle, she also had her five-year-old granddaughter who was inside, like watching TV or something. And so Miss Phillips made sure not to scream because she thought that if she did, that her granddaughter would hear her and come outside to see what the problem was. And then the bobcat would turn and attack her as well. Mama bear instincts kicking in, huh? So she was like keeping her composure while fighting this thing, making sure not to make a noise so that the granddaughter wouldn't come outside. Get him, Dee Dee. So after fighting for her life, she found her hands to be able to grab a hold of the animal eventually. A couple times she got a hold of him. 
and she eventually moved her hands to around its throat. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, while she's doing this, she said it was, like, literally biting her arms and her fingers and, like, getting, you know, you could imagine trying to grab a cat and it's leaning down, biting your hands while you're mm-hmm. trying to get a hold of it. Yeah, imagine a 40-pound cat doing that. All the while, like, scratching your chest off. And- oh, yeah. So, but she eventually gets her hands up. Uh, she says, while he's biting the daylights out of me, and she's just thinking, I can't let this guy go. And so she just gets her hands around that thing's throat and chokes that son of a bitch to death right there in the front yard. Now you will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. Kills it. Nice. (laughs) So once it stops moving, she's yelling for somebody to come help her and um, that's when her son, um, oh, I guess is uh, nearby, comes running and, you know, sees what's going on. He pulls out his pocket knife and just stabs the thing to make sure it's good and dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's about whenever the police are showing up to try and, you know, assess the situation but uh see she'd already taken the upper hand and she had already like looked it dead in the eye as she was choking the life out of it (laughs) and you know when you're getting attacked like that and you turn around and you're fighting for your life and you turn around and i'm hear me talking about it as if i've done this before right and you uh you you turn the the tables right Mm -hmm. you go from self-defense into like this rage mode of (laughs) almost enjoying the fact that you're defending yourself to the death of something else. And uh, I could imagine her uh, having a smile on her face as she's choking the life out of that bobcat. But it was actually truly a rabies-infested bobcat. It it tested positive, so she did have to go through a bunch of uh, like rabies shots and treatments and rounds of medicine for that, um, as well as tons of stitches and all sorts of bandages all so over. So it rabies is kind of like the uh the how you zombify an animal. Yeah, it does. It like hijacks their uh, like adrenaline system or something like that. It just makes them like a like a what a zombie yeah. what we picture a zombie to be. I I've actually heard like some sort of like sci-fi writer talking about the most realistic ways that there could be like a so-called zombie virus and they were basically like it have to be like a mutation of rabies. Because that it gives a similar effect to to animals. You remember the zombie movie Twenty Eight Days Later? I do. That's the most realistic seeming zombie. Like they're not really dead; they're just infected with a virus that just makes you go absolutely nuts. Yeah, you know, and which is like what rabies does to animals. Man. Yeah, it is yeah, insane. Exactly. Like I picture that bobcat being under the under the car, you know, all curled <laughs> up, maybe even, <laughs> and then just. <laughs> Jumps five wow. feet and just takes you down and starts just clawing at your throat. Yeah. So raccoons are the same way. Um, we've already talked about wiener dogs that were rabies infested that killed a woman. It's crazy what rabies does. Look, oh, look out for rabies mutation for zombie apocalypse. I also realized in that episode, let me just go ahead and uh, make a quick edit. I just like casually said this lady that was like 50 was an old lady. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I just went right past that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in hindsight, you know, you know, 50's not old. So let me just clarify that for everyone. She was a little lady. We'll say that. Yeah. She wasn't a little old lady. Yeah. She was a little just, lady. She was just probably a little lady. Because right? a uh, a wiener dog was able to bite her at her knees. <laughs> so Take her down. Context clues. But yeah, so, but she's going to be fine. She, uh she won in the long run everybody have you heard so when's the last time you heard a story involving an air conditioning unit a handgun and a pair of testicles it's a crotch party right up in here who damn that's a those are some those are some variables quite a trio where would you guess that such a story could come from 
you know. I want to go with the obvious choice of the great state of Florida. Well, let's take a trip to Columbia County, Florida. Oh, oh yes. So, a trailer park <laughs> to hear the story of Kimberly Dunn and her estranged husband. Okay. Sometime last October, Ms. Dunn and her husband, who we'll call Bill for the sake of this story, all right? Bill. They were separated for a time period, and he had noticed that she was about to sell his prized mobile AC unit. Mobile? Mobile. Oh, so... You know, one of those ones that you can move from window to window? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was going to sell it to somebody on Facebook, so Bill wasn't happy about it. So, unwilling to let go of such a beautiful piece of machinery, he decided to get his brother and go down to the trailer park and see Kimberly and say, uh... Uh uh-uh we're taking this so bill gets to the house and immediately goes to unhook the unit but that's made difficult by kimberly as she decides to sit on top of the unit to stop him okay bill and brother go over to get it she's sitting on top of it why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big when bill approached to get her down she pulled out a pink stun gun and tried to electrocute him okay all right so bill swings and hits her in the head Knocks her off the unit. Just smacks her probably in the side of the head. She falls down. She drops the stun gun and a handgun that she also happened to be holding at the same time. Double fisting. Dunn reportedly got up off the ground and shot Bill square in the love sack. Oh. Oh. In shock, Bill's brother screams, you shot my brother! Then he slaps and chokes Kimberly out. Just chokes her until she blacks out. How did we get two choking stories? <laughs> and then in the drives same episode? his brother to the hospital with bleeding balls. Oh my god! Bill he, made th- they're done at that point. There's no saving that. So Bill made sure to pick up the gun and take it with him to the hospital as evidence, because you know that you can get rid of a gun in the trailer park. Was the gun also pink? They make those. They didn't say, <laughs> but they also didn't give any update to Bill's balls. Oh. So we don't, we don't know how, you know. If your balls got shot, if it's actually the balls, they're done, man. Can you imagine getting shot in the balls? No, and I don't want to. That's a, that's bad. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. I did uh, hear a story of this kid one time playing soccer. He like fell and another kid's uh, cleat. Oh, God. Fell on top of him. Yeah, cleats on balls is and, not good. Um, oh, this is horrifying. Are you ready for this? No, this I'm not. This is not good. No. It it actually did tear his uh, his scrotum. One of, <laughs> and one of them came out and had to be put back in. Oh. As in it was dangling by its epididymis. Epididymis. Yeah. You heard that, people? Epididymis is the cord. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can picture what an epididymis might be. But yeah, it came happened, out. Happened to a poor kid. Yeah, like literally had to hold it and take him to the hospital. I mean, they fixed him. He, apparently, he ended up being fine. But yeah, cleat tore it open. Oh. <laughs> well, this is news because she was arrested. And uh, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're moving on. Well, she well she was arrested uh, for failure to appear in court. So I mean, she was obviously arrested right after it happened. Dude had the gun. You know, they went and they picked her up. But then she made bail and failure to appear in court so they went and picked her up like last week or something so back in the news kimberly dunn jeez ball shooting (laughs) is it time for another break i I think it's time for another break and uh this time uh, we need to talk about reviews have we got any reviews lately i don't i don't know if we have or not Maybe it's because people aren't quite sure how to give us reviews, Hayden. I, I, think, I think that that might be what it is. We used to tell them all the time, and we used to give them the incentive that we would read the review on the air, and then we had a good run there for a while. Offer still stands. The stands. I mean, it's uh, 
ironclad offer that uh, we will take any money and that we will read all five-star reviews. That's I mean, right. These are two things that we guarantee you that we will do, <laughs> right? Um, you can go on to Apple Podcasts right now, and you can leave us a review. Uh, Hayden, what are the simple instructions for doing this? Uh, you're going to go to our show when you type in the Big Red Van Podcast in your search bar. But if you're already a subscriber to the show, which we know you are, obviously you just scroll down. There's the five stars. You click the fifth one, and then you just uh, hit write a review and say something nice, and we'll we'll say it on the air. We'll read it on the air, yeah, and we appreciate it. We uh, we do this show for you guys uh, because it's very fun, and uh, we appreciate the feedback. So, Oh, and another thing, um, Google, um, for all you people that listen to us on SoundCloud or, or maybe you have a Google Home device or whatever, Google Podcast is a brand new service that Google offers. So all of you Android users out there, you don't have to use the big jumbled um, Apple Play Music app that has all the other stuff in there. Google has actually refined to a podcast only, just like the Apple folks. So it's really nice. It's really cool. Um, you can also leave us reviews on there as well. So if you listen there, go ahead. We'll, we'll read those too. We will read it. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Hey, Big Red Van listeners, I'm Levi Johnson, brother of Hayden Johnson, who I believe you're listening to right this very second, and I have a podcast about sandwiches with my good friend, Walt Braley, and I will be filling in as interim host while Joe Blackstock is off traveling through time. Yeah, Joe has gone back in time to find the first sandwich, so you can hear about those escapades in the upcoming episodes of SandwichCast. So listen to us, you can find us on iTunes. And you can follow us on Instagram at, at SandwichCastPod. SandwichCast. SandwichCast. It's in your mouth. Everybody, have you heard? So there's this lady in Indiana that stuck her husband with a lethal dose of heroin and then uh, smothered him to death. What a bitch. I mean, that was just like her way of making it look like he died of an overdose. I mean, is that is that wrong? I mean, it ain't right. <laughs> Um, 34-year-old Kelly M. Cochran um, was just recently sentenced to 65 years in prison after admitting to killing her husband, Jason Cochran. Um, So she just went to jail for this murder. They busted her on it. But then she also got a life sentence for killing another lover of hers, Mr. Chris Reagan, um, who he vanished back in 2014. So this, this investigation... They basically were able to put everything together um, after she was being investigated for the murder of her husband. So they're like, okay, she killed one guy. Let's look at her. Oh, another guy died. Exactly. Uh-oh. Or went missing, actually. All right. Never found him. Okay. So there's actually a new documentary that just came out called Dead North on the uh, uh, Investigative Discovery Network that's about this lady. All right. Um, but according to ID her- Network's badass, by the way. Love that true crime stuff that they have on there. Oh, yeah. They can sponsor us any day of the week. Um, But according to Cochran's family, they believe that she has probably killed as many as nine people and and buried their bodies throughout the Midwest. Kelly. Um, Been a bad girl. So the Iron River Police Chief, Laura Frizo, who investigated uh, Reagan, so the guy that she got charged second, but she was the one investigating that guy's disappearance when he went missing, and she actually met Miss Cochran and her husband during the probe to the whereabouts of Chris Reagan. And then eventually the investigator learned that Cochran was having an affair with Reagan before he went missing. Oh. Yeah. But the uh, the case went cold until Jason Cochran, her husband, was murdered by her 
of the suspected overdose, but later discovered that it was a murder. Um, she also admitted that her and her husband lured Mr. Reagan into their home and shot him, dismembered him, and then dumped most of his remains in the woods. I did not see that coming. Yeah, okay. It keeps going, man. Oh, my God. So, Cochran also said that her and her husband, the reason they killed him was because they made a pact to kill off anyone involved in any of their extramarital affairs. So, since she got busted by her husband sleeping with Chris Reagan, they decided we got to kill him. So, her, her husband was complicit in all of it. He was in on the first murder. All right. With her. But what the thing was is she was having an affair with him, right? So she actually liked this man. So until she got caught. Until and, she got caught. And then her husband was like, all right, he's got to go. We got to kill him. Yeah. Okay. So Miss Cochran said she was angry at her husband, and the reason that she overdosed him on heroin was as a revenge for murdering Chris Reagan, because I guess she ultimately didn't really want to do it. But she was just sentenced to life in prison on, in back... Uh, last May for Reagan's murder and uh, was just recently sentenced back in April 18th of this year. So she, it's her story because she's the only one left alive to tell a story, but it's her story that it was her husband's idea to kill Reagan. Yeah, and, and then she killed her husband because she was upset with the fact that he killed the guy that she was having an affair with and liked. Huh. Old, but she went along with the plot to cut this dude up and hide yeah. him in the woods yeah so miss cochran's brother told the investigators that were um looking into them that he feared that his sister was a serial killer and <laughs> and this is are you ready for this so everyone in the neighborhood where they live um you know neighborhood fashion you have a cookout you invite the neighbors over right the neighborhood claimed that they are almost certain and they said almost certain that her and her husband served Mr. Reagan as in the form of their barbecue at one of their cookouts right after he went missing. That recall, shit is gross! They all recall a big barbecue they threw, and it also coincides with the time scale, and they apparently also thought that they were like, this is weird meat. This is you a little gamey. You know what I mean? A like, little tough. They were just a little put off by it. And never really put two and two together until all this started becoming official and the court case was coming through. And they're all like, "Is that a femur? They, they, I'm pretty sure they, they tried to feed us Reagan. <laughs> they tried to feed us that so guy. So that part of it, there's no official evidence of that because, of course, it happened along. How do you, how do you figure that out? Yeah, they've already shit him out. Uh, I mean, so I don't know how you go back and test that. Maybe you can test their pots and pans if there's residue of his DNA in them or something like that. I don't know. That but, is so disgusting. But uh, just by the the claims of the neighborhood, they all swear up and down that they are pretty sure they tried to serve them Mr. Reagan as as trying to get rid of some of his remains. This was in Indiana? Yeah. Yikes. So, Miss Kelly also in this investigation has admitted to having other quote-unquote friends buried in Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Minnesota, but will not identify who they are or their specific lo- locations of where they're buried. So, she's just keeping it. She's got convicted of her, got her life sentence, and now she's just like, yeah, I might have done some other things, but I'm not talking I'm about not it. I'm not telling you anything else. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Crazy lady feeding people at her barbecue dude when you hear the old phrase uh they know where the bodies are buried like you know you've heard she knows where the bodies are buried you've heard that phrase before that uh that applies to a bunch of people and not just mobsters not just uh big time ceo people and businessmen and politicians it involves 
crazy people like Kelly Cochran <laughs> from Indiana, just next door neighbor type people. Yeah. That's gross. Come on over for our barbecue, y'all. Yeah, I don't go to strangers' barbecues. And whenever I go to a barbecue, I'm so invested in what's on the grill because I'm, I'm a grill person. Mm-hmm. So I'm over there that uh, I don't think I would ever accidentally eat human. I don't right. think that's something I, I could get myself into. I'm assuming it was into. like in pulled meat form, you know, like pulled pork. You don't think that they just threw up a calf bone? Oh, jeez. Calf muscle. I, that, Maybe I, mean, a I don't big, even want to think about that. A bicep and chicken wing form. <laughs> Oh, my God. Everybody, have you heard? So most mothers dread the first day of school for their children because of the, you know, the sad nature of their babies all grown up and Mm -hmm. that kind of feeling. But you don't really have too much advertisement of dads having a hard time with it. I feel like I've kind of like a, a mom time. thing. I'll, I'll probably have a hard time with it. I don't know. Are you? I mean, I'm getting ready to ask you. Are you ready for Harding to go to school? Are you? Have you we, thought we about still this? Got a couple years. I know but, you've got a couple but, years, but, but uh, yeah, it's going to be. It'll be exciting, but also tough. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know. Yeah, Macy's doing it this year. She will be anyway this fall. It's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's been doing the pre-K thing for a while and. Uh, coming home with schoolwork and stuff, the first time he comes home with schoolwork, you're going to be like, okay, this is, uh, I can get behind this. I can get behind this, you know. But um, this guy that I'm going to talk about, he wanted uh, batteries to power everything, so he created Tesla. He wanted to go to Mars, so he created SpaceX. He wanted his five children to receive the best possible education, so he created a school. Who are we talking about? At which he covers all expenses of attendees. This doesn't ring any bells. No? You have no idea? That's right. (laughs) It's your boy. (laughs) Elon Musk has been running a secretive school on the grounds of his SpaceX headquarters with a heavy emphasis on math, science, engineering, and ethics, cutting out instruction in subjects of language, music, and sports. Huh. All right. Operating since 2014... A nonprofit school known as Ad Astra has been teaching all of Musk's children, as well as SpaceX staff members and their children, in this highly selective setting. Elon felt the, the need to found the school because traditional curriculum taught the traditional way just isn't cutting it. He's, this just isn't good enough, mm-hmm. basically. He claims that Ad Astra, quote, exceeds traditional school metrics on all relevant subject matter through unique project-based learning experiences. So they have projects that uh, involve flamethrowers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From his boring company. Did you see uh, there's there's all sorts of people with their flamethrower videos now? Because, yeah. Because they, uh, I think the first round of them got delivered, mm-hmm. like, last week or a week or two ago. But, yeah. Yeah, of course. Google that now. Yeah, he was talking about how and type it in and you and get ready. The issues at Tesla weren't going to stop the flamethrowers from being delivered to people's houses. So he was very (laughs) excited about that. Uh, But they do projects with the flamethrowers. They do trading games using their own money. So I did a story earlier about a guy trading. Uh, but these people do that. These students do that. They do stuff with robots. The stuff they do with robots is incredible. They talk about nuclear politics from nations to nations. And they even do games fighting against evil artificial intelligence. Hell yeah. Which we all know that Elon is famous for fearing that robots and evil AI will take over the world. He fears maybe, that more maybe, than nuclear war. Maybe he's got this badass AI that uh, nobody can beat in his little scenario and he's like if this thing got a hold of our weapon systems we couldn't stop it he's got a group of these little kids that are trying to figure out how to do it though. yeah <laughs> you know, he's teaching them how to do it so kids between the ages of seven and 14 
work in teams on topics of their own choosing with very few formal assignments and absolutely no grading of the work, like no formal grading scale, A, B, C, D, whatever. Students can opt out of subjects they don't like. And uh, as I mentioned before, there's a very heavy emphasis on math, science, engineering, and they give up the language, music, and sports topics. Tuition and daily tools, like all of the students have a MacBook, that's all covered by Elon Musk. So he pays for everything. Each year, around 400 families or so apply there. And last year, it was the most. It was a little over 400, about 500 families applied to send their children there with a known limit of only about 50 spots. No, I mean, of course, it has to be exclusive. So 50 total students are allowed. And any given time, there's only 10 to 12 open positions. So all these people are applying for these positions that... You better hope you have the smartest kid of the bunch. Highly prestigious. So no students have graduated yet, and the grade levels have continually added as Musk's children age. He has five boys. So, and his oldest son is among the oldest children. He's like 16 or 17, right? Yeah, he's a teenager. Yeah. Uh, They're among the oldest senior students there. And so they just progress the the grade level as it goes. And I'm sure that his scientists at SpaceX help him out. They've got a chemistry lab there at the SpaceX headquarters that they use. They do tons of, like I said, robot experiments. It's, It's really cool. You can read three or four articles about this well that's like man you know you talk about the kids that would be there like getting to experience that kind of a school like you know back in the day like getting to be around stuff like that is what motivated engineers and scientists to become engineers and scientists today Mm -hmm. the apollo program did more for as a motivation tool for people to get into space and science and engineering than what we got out of going to the moon Right. The millions of people. That's a very fair statement. The millions and millions of people that were like, you know what? I want to get into that. Only happened because of 10-year-old kids sitting on the floor of their living room going, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, and kids sitting in a classroom at a place like that where some engineer that just put a, a rocket into space walks in and talks to the class. Talk about getting to be like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, and getting to be there to, I'm sure, I'm sure. You think those kids don't get to go on a field trip to a rocket launch? Oh, I'm sure they've been on the rockets. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that they've done a lot of those different things. You know things. what I mean? Like, that's, talk about the If those kids don't grow up to be engineers and scientists, then the hell are they doing there? Right. <laughs> I think that's the goal, you know? And yeah. uh, the, one of the coolest things in the article was talked about their, their assignments. Like, everything is project-based. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all... Problem-solving. Problem-solving. Every bit of it is critical thinking. Yeah. You know, we talked about that with Alex Miller on a past episode. We've had Alex on as a guest a couple times. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard our episodes with Alex, go back and listen to those. They're really good ones. But we've talked about that, about how he's got a daughter that's older than our children, but uh, he sees that that's how Delaney thinks and she's a critical thinker at her age and that's something that a lot of parents hope to get out of their child's education when they send them to school Mm -hmm. is that they can get challenged mentally so that way they can develop and sharpen their critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. well that's i mean that's literally like how a lot of nations that are that have very very successful students you know where their test scores are the highest in the world like japan and sweden and places like that like that's the how their classrooms are set up it's a lot more of like teaching little kids critical thinking so then whenever you give them any problem they're able to use the skills of critical thinking to figure anything out not just 
learning a way to do something. Correct. Then that's life. Yeah. And that's why Elon, you know, decided to build this school yeah. in the first place. Instead of memorize this, take tests. Right. It's like, let me show you how to find the answer. Mm-hmm. It's what they teach kids. Like, even, to, you know, they've got little kids doing research because they teach them how to find the answer to things. And, you know, if you can teach someone the proverbial how to fish, feed them for life. You know? Correct. And so that's um, it's kind of the same idea with uh, that type of education tactic is to teach them the way to find the answer more than just giving them an answer to memorize. And I don't understand how that's so difficult to get on board with. Yeah. You know, but apparently it's it's difficult. I mean, I know that we have some very lucrative deals with these textbook companies and these publishing companies that print these textbooks for us. But shit, let's uh let's get some more critical thinking into schools. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, anyway, that was a good uh, that's my list. You good? That's mine. That's all you. So, uh we did it. We did it under an hour. Pretty wholesome episode. I like it. it Only was... a little bit of balls getting ripped open so, talked about. Oh, we did. We, um, we went there. You know, some parasites coming out of your face. We are always good for a parasite. <laughs> and we're always good for... It's a crotch party right, right up, up in here! here. <laughs> Every single week. So anyway, thank you for listening to episode 48. We hope you enjoyed it. And we for sure are going to catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.